Lord Jesus, we thank you for this season that reminds us to turn our turn our hearts to you in hope. God, you're doing things that we can't even imagine. And it's so easy for us to just look down and plod forward. Um, I pray that you would lift our eyes, lift our heads today to see where you're working in our own hearts and in the world around us. Please stir us to love you more and know you more. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so today we're talking about hope. Can you turn that up with the touch? Can I turn it up? I don't know. Let's stand closer. Okay. <laughs> All right. So when you think about while well, the world sees hope, um, you know, there's a there's a lot of things you can think about with stories. For a long time, we had fairy tales, and now we have anti fairy tales because how can that be true? How could the, how could we ever live happily ever after? That's just ridiculous, right? Um, you even have things. Um, we watched a trailer for the new Indiana Jones movie. Indiana Jones says. It's not so much what you believe, it's how hard you believe it. That's a lie. That's a lie. You have um, even well-known poets. Langston Hughes, what happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun, fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat? crust and sugar over like syrupy sweet. Maybe it just sags like a heavy load or does it explode? There's a lot of things in our hearts as humans that are built to hope and yet it turns into a dare. Would you dare to hope that your dreams will come true, that you would live happily ever after, that you would even have your basic provisions met? Would you dare to hope? Why is hope a dare? Why is it a dare? Is it is it a gamble? When we we were watching, Simon was tracking the uh, the soccer game. Was it yesterday? And you could see ninety four percent chance that Netherlands was going to win. What was it? Five percent chance of a draw and one percent chance the U.S. was going to win. Something like that. Of course, it changes throughout the game, and you can do that with any game now, right? You can see the percentage chance, and you hope that your team is going to win. And now you can see it in in um, statistical analytics. What are the chances that your hopes will be met? <laughs> um, so there's a lot of things just built into us as humans because we are made in the image of God that we. We want to hope, but we're afraid to hope. We see it as a dare to hope because it's uncertain. What if I hope and I put all of my hope, what if I put my heart into it and then it doesn't come true? <coughs> then the pain is more than I could bear. So maybe I'll just hope with a portion of my heart. So if it doesn't happen, then I won't be so hurt. Or maybe I just won't hurt. Maybe I just won't hope at all. Because it's too big of a risk. The pain would be too big of a risk. Um, that's what the world says. Fortunately, we have a, we have a truth that um, makes hope an assurance. 
So I want to read from, uh, I'm going to read from Jeremiah 30. And this kind of goes back to the world's way a little bit, but then it kind of flips it over. Um, Jeremiah 30, starting in verse 12. And this is talking about the, um, when the Israelites were exiled. They, they, had, they had thought that they were going to be preserved forever and always. Um, and they, you know, in a way, but they, they, they were not expecting to be overpowered and exiled. And the pain that that caused that whole society. Um, so Jeremiah 30, starting in verse 12, for thus says the Lord, your hurt is incurable and your wound is grievous. There is none to uphold your cause, no medicine for your wound, no healing for you. All of your lovers have forgotten you. They care nothing for you. For I have dealt you the blow of an enemy and punishment of a merciless foe because your guilt is great and your sins are flagrant. Why do you cry out over your hurt? Your pain is incurable because your guilt is great because your sins are flagrant. And yes, it's exactly the same words from the previous verse. I thought I lost my spot. (laughs) I have done these things to you. Therefore, all who devour you shall be devoured. All your foes, every one of them shall go into captivity. Those who plunder you shall be plundered. And all who prey on you, I will make prey. For I will restore health to you. In your wounds, I will heal, declares the Lord, because they have called you an outcast. It is Zion for whom no one cares. No, wait a minute. Did you see what happened there? Yeah. <laughs> your hurt is incurable. Your wound is grievous. There's none to uphold you. There's no medicine for you. There's no healing for you. Your guilt is great. Your sins are flagrant. He says it again. This is a hopeless situation. There's no cure. Now you go down a little bit here, and then in verse 17, he says, I will restore health to you. Your wounds I will heal. So what's going on here? <laughs> Um, in our worldly view, we see things in the category of what are the things within our control? What are the things that we see in the natural world that are possible? And we limit ourselves to that. And Jeremiah is urging the people here to not just trust in what the world sees as possible, because that leads to despair, it leads to anxiety, it leads to, I'm not ever going to hope again because my hopes will never happen. Um, but he's urging them to trust in the impossibilities that come from the lips of God. God who speaks creation into being. He's challenging them to think about what's possible. What if my understanding is too small or too limited? Not what if. Certainly it is. And the enemy and the evil wants us to shrink down our imagination so that we can only imagine reorganizing what we have right here. Well, you know, if this we put this over here, we move that over there, and we get, you know, so-and-so to do this and that, then we'll have this kind of nice little thing that's better than what we have now. It's not our ideal, but it's better. But something new is what God wants to promise us, something new that can only come from a new creation. Creation is something new. So in the, in the Old Testament, you see the prophets and Jeremiah here telling the Israelites to acknowledge the wounds, to grieve the wounds, and to risk imagining a newness that can only come 
from the creator. And then hope starts to rise up. And then there's this other voice that says, don't be crazy. Don't be so foolish. You've hoped before. Remember? Remember when you hoped before and what happened? Remember? Yet, you remember the faithfulness of God. The true faithfulness of God doing what he says he's going to do. You can never find him being unfaithful. You can't find it. So in the dark place, you think, has he ever been unfaithful before? You think back, think back into these, uh, these stories that he gives us. You know, you have, obviously you have the creation where it all began, which began God's people. And then as God's people grew, um, think about Sarah, Abraham and Sarah. God loves to make things look impossible. I'm going to promise you something. It already looked impossible when I promised it to you. I'm going to make it look even more impossible before I fulfill it. And against all of the data, against all the evidence, I guess everything they knew, they were too old. They were too old. And I'm going to go into Genesis real quick and read Genesis 21. Starts with the birth of Isaac. The Lord visited Sarah, as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. Abraham circumcised his son Isaac when he was eight days old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in his old age. Now, I want to I want to pause for a second. Because last week we were many of us were sharing testimonies and um, thinking about the challenges over the past few years where. You know, of course, none of us knew COVID was coming. We never had experienced anything like it in our lifetimes. And um, many times in my own challenges over the past few years, I've been thinking, you know, God never proves himself unfaithful. He always is faithful. And thinking about his perspective and even even what I've seen in my life so far, he does, you know, some of us have our lives planned out when we're like graduating high school. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And well, God can change your life by not doing what you thought. <laughs> but I, I was reminded of this poem. I'm, it's short. I'm going to read it to you. And I was, I was thinking about Sarah, Sarah's life. And she, you know, she went through a lot of things with Abraham, with Lot and his family, with Hagar. And she probably had some amount of being afraid to hope. She was she was afraid to dare to hope. This poem I'm going to read is um, by Corrie Ten Boom, who was a she was not a Jew but she was a Holocaust survivor because she was trying to rescue the Jews in in um, in Europe and she actually went to the concentration camps for some amount of time and I I haven't done all of my reading on her but she she has an amazing faith amazing faith. And this is one of my favorite poems. It's called Life is But a Weaving. Um, and I was kind of trying to, to draw the connections between Corey Ten Boom, between Sarah, and even myself. So maybe there's a connection with you as well. Um, my life is but a weaving. 
between my God and me. I cannot choose the colors that he weaveth steadily. Oft times he weaveth sorrow, and I, in foolish pride, forget that he sees the upper and I the underside. Not till the loom is silent and the shuttle cease to fly will God unroll the canvas and reveal the reason why. The dark threads are as needful in the weaver's skillful hand as the threads of gold and silver in the pattern he has planned. He knows, he loves, he cares. Nothing his truth can dim. He gives the very best to those who leave the choice to him. He gives the very best. Think about all the pains that we've gone through. We never would have chosen it. We never would have chosen it. But think about what he gave us in those things. And right now, y'all, I cannot believe it, but it looks like every one of y'all is about to cry. Every single person. I'm looking at your faces, and I'm like, make me cry. In my own, in my own life, I never would have chosen to go through what I went through this past year. Never, ever would have. There's a, there's, I have to read it now. I, you know, Mary asked me one time if I collected anything. I'm like, no, I don't want all this stuff. But she said, you collect quotes. Like, you were right, Mary. I do collect quotes. And I hold on to them. And I wasn't planning to say this one, but I'm going to, it's, it's real. Let's see. It's real quick. It's a, it's a quote from a, from a song. It's just the last verse of this song. Um. This is talking about God working in you. He'll finish what he starts. He started this, I know. But if you saw the plans, maybe you wouldn't go. I watched him plant a seed and let the ground rest. So child, oh, believe, because I promise there's a harvest. Do you feel hope kind of daring to resonate in your heart? It feels a little bit like fear it feels a little bit like joy it feels a little bit like if only i knew this was real then i could be joy i could i could be happy but listen we have a hope that's guaranteed it's a hundred percent we're gonna win the game it's not gonna fester and then explode it's it's not gonna lead us to destruction it's not gonna it's not gonna cause us ultimately more pain it's a guaranteed hope that we are going to live happily ever after in mm-hmm. all of the pains that we endure right now whether it be in our physical health in our relationships and provision for the needs or even the hurts that we see within our families he's going to make it right mm-hmm. and we have a guaranteed hope it's not a it's not a gamble it it's not it's not a bet it's not a, I'm afraid to hope, so I'm going to hope with my tiptoe. It's, it's an all-in hope that will not disappoint. The history of God's freedom as a creator to do something genuinely new when it looks like life will continue as more of the same. The gift given from the outside 
not validates, violates our reason. It violates our reason. Because we can't see it. Again, it's the, it's, do we reshuffle what we have here in this little box? Somebody always said, don't put God in the box. This is putting God in the box. God loves it when he, you know, as he's orchestrating all things, I'm going to do this. So you'll, you'll think that's never possible. And then I'm going to make it look even more impossible. I'm going to promise you, I'm going to promise you, Abraham, more children than the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. I'm going to promise you all these children, but then I'm going to make your wife barren. (laughs) And then I'm going to let you get old so that you're physically incapable of having children. And then I'm going to have you walk through all these other things with your family and the pharaohs. And yeah. And then I'm going to have it come. Oh, but by the way, I'm not finished with you yet. I'm going to ask you to sacrifice him. That's why he's in the hall of faith. (laughs) Um, But short, short of this genuine newness of this genuous creation, we become kind of just, we live a life of dissatisfied coping. Um, Maybe even a begrudging trust. Managing a hope that never dares to ask too much. Because we've all been hurt. We've all been hurt so many times before. And we end up crafting much of our life around avoiding getting hurt like that again. I'm not going to let myself get hurt like that again. Even if I have to close off that part of my personality, that wall to my heart, I'm going to protect that. But it's still there. It's still there. But God is moved to compassion and he's moved to act when he sees the misery of his people. Think about when, he's, when he, you know, his people were slaves in Egypt. And they were slaves in Egypt for a while. He rose up Moses, but then he was moved to act. And he acted in a big way too, to pull them out of Egypt. So is hope audacious is it ridiculous is it foolish is it reasonable god is full of compassion and he is free to act he can do whatever he he our god is in the heavens and he does whatever he pleases he does whatever he pleases hope is reasonable because god has sent jesus which was totally beyond what any of us ever would have thought or imagined. He, as humans, God sent himself as a human so that we could identify with him in every way possible. He knows what it means to be human. All the feelings, all of the challenges, he knows them. So, I hope in a firm 100% kind of a way that God will do something in these desperate and barren places of our lives. We all have them, even if we ignore them. They're there. There's desperate and barren places. 
I'm going to have to read you another song lyric. <laughs> um, there's a song by Matthew West called Brand New. I might just be able to remember it without looking it up. But basically he says he's, he's making you new. Um, he's healing your heart right where you are, if only you knew. He's lifting your shame, and he's changing your name. And when you look back, the only thing that you'll see is his grace, because he's making you brand new. You're not who you were. That's over and done. So lift up the eyes. Lift up your eyes to the one who's making you new. I remember listening to this song driving around one day last year, and the part about he's healing your heart right where you are, it just hit it hit me so hard because my heart was hurting so desperately. And he met me where I was. I didn't have to prove something first. He met me right where I was. And... Ephesians 3, let's see, verse 20. Anybody already know where I'm going with this one? <laughs> to him who's able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And we, we hear it and we see it. And sometimes I wonder if we or I get numb to the words. Yeah, I've, I've heard this one. Okay, I know how the words go. More than we ask or imagine. More than we can even fathom. More than we can think about rearranging what we have. Something totally unexpected and new can come from heaven and wake us up. And yes, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that we don't suffer. It doesn't mean that we don't see suffering because sometimes that's part of it. Teaching us to hope. But if you think about the things that you've been through or things you've seen... I mean, me, for I know that I never would have grown with God the way that I have if I hadn't been put into a place of desperation. I never would have longed for it to the point where it was a matter of survival. So sometimes these experiences, which seem to completely dash our hopes, are part of the journey toward that eternal hope. He hasn't promised us that he's going to check off everything on our wish list. We're not hoping in the wish list. We're not hoping in all of our dreams will come true and living living happily ever after in this life. We know that this life is full of, of sorrow um, and suffering. But the hope is that everything that has ever pained us, everything that we have ever seen that is unjust, God is going to make it right. Through the miracle of Jesus. All right, I'm debating on playing a song here. It's actually a spoken word. I think I will.
This is about regeneration in our own hearts. I guess I can just hold it up to the microphone. Yeah, hold it close to the mic. All right, this is just about a minute, so. What is the work of the Spirit of God? It is to accomplish what cannot be accomplished in any other way, by any other route. The Bible is so clear on this. If you read Ephesians 2, he says, When you were dead in your trespasses and in your sins, you were made alive in Christ. How can dead people come to life? It'll take a miracle. You see, this is the gospel. The gospel is not a word of encouragement to those who are sort of well-meaning people who would like to add a little religion. It is not a word of encouragement to those who would like to have a little Jesus in their life. No, the word of the gospel is a word that comes to the rebel heart. I am a rebel against God. I may be indifferent to him. I may be antagonistic to him, but I'm actually rebelling against him. He then comes by the Bible and he says, I'm commanding you to do an about turn to repent of your sins and to believe in me. And the individual says, there is no way that that is going to happen. It'll take a miracle for that to happen. Yes, it will. And that is the miracle of regeneration, generation, 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 Do you believe in miracles? It doesn't, it's not a matter of how hard you believe it. It's a matter of who you, who you believe in. All right. Let's pray and then I'll light the candle. God, you give us the gift of hope. You give us the gift of emotion to feel the despair of the world, to feel the hopelessness of a broken world without you. You help us to feel the heartache of our own broken relationships, of the broken relationships we see, of the need that is so great And God, you ask us to hope in you. You are faithful. With the gift of Jesus as our friend, as our redeemer, as the one who identifies with us in our humanity, you have given us the proof of the greatest hope of our lives. I pray that you would stir our hearts toward hope, that we would breathe in your breath that brings life, that you would bring the peace that we talked about last week through the hope that you bring. Because if we know we can hope in, hope in you, that brings us peace. It calms the worry of our hearts. It calms the anxiety and the fear. We have a security in you. 
Your hope brings so much. It brings peace. It brings security. It brings joy. It brings motivation. It brings a new win when we're weary. What a gift it is, God. A gift of hope. We thank you and we are grateful that your hope is guaranteed. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.